0: This and O'Brien podcast is brought to you by Gary Thomas and the Wealth Technology Group in Westfield. Where it's not what you make, it's what you keep. Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 533 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. So
1: get this. One more day of sweating.
0: Sun and clouds with a chance
1: of a stray shower or thunderstorm today and a high of 91 and then tomorrow, partly sunny, cool, dry, and a high of 76. Now we're talking. Yeah. And I think the humidity will also be gone. Uh,
0: right now, it is very humid and 72 degrees. We got another pair of tickets to see the Deading Company at the Xfinity Theater in Hartford. They're going to be there on September 5th. We'll have tickets to give away later on this morning.
1: It was so hot yesterday. How hot was it? That uh, trailer trash... Who was supposed to play at Forest Park was canceled because of the heat. I don't think I've ever heard of a concert stopped because of a heat. Uh, Stop because of heat, rather.
0: Yeah. Well, you know what? Uh, I'm not sure I'd want to be playing outdoors hey, in a band in that kind of in that kind of heat. Didn't bother Johnny Six Gun. They uh, they played at
1: Court Square, and I'm guessing a lot of people left Forest Park and came to Court Square <laughs> when they realized they weren't getting their trailer trash. But Trailer Trash will be playing tonight at MGM.
0: It's 5:34. We're back Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 5:51 and AC/DC on Rock 102. One more day.
1: One more day of heat. Uh possibly they are on 22 News telling us we're in the middle of a heat wave, which is uh, 2 days or more of uh, over 90 degrees. We might hit that today. Uh, Kelly Clarkson said we're going to hit. Reardon. Uh, huh? It's Reardon. She says we're going to uh, hit 89. So if we go one more degree up, it's going to be a heat wave. But tomorrow is going to be a wintry day. Oh, so what is uh, it?
0: 78? 76. 76. That's, yeah. that's not wintry. That's, After all this that we've been doing, uh, dealing with. It'll be a welcome change, but I'm not putting a park on. That's for damn sure. I'm going to. Hey, what do you say we hop right into some Hollywood yeah. trash with yeah. Steve and
2: Megan Rock to do? If you uh still don't believe that Jeff Bezos' space flight was one big penis joke, check this out. You can buy a replica of the new Shepherd Rocket for $69. $69? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I see what that means. Technically it's $69.99. Uh-huh. But still, you can actually launch it for another $40, bucks too.
1: And and where do I get it? At bookends?
2: No, you get it at SD'srockets.com. Oh. The 40 bucks extra gets you a launch pad, controller, and single-use engines Without them, it's basically just a conversation piece And uh, yes, the jokes are already coming, if uh-huh. you will One person co- uh, commented, quote Hey, my sister has one of those in her drawer
0: <laughs> <laughs> Yeah Because it looks like a sex toy Right Oh, that's what yeah. a sex yeah, toy looks like? That's, I, that's wasn't, I wasn't really sure If
1: going to make a joke like that, I think I would say my girlfriend has one Not my, not my sister
0: yeah, what are you? What are you rifling through your sister's drawers for? Yeah, well, yeah. maybe
1: maybe it's from some young single man. Wow,
0: well, yeah, whatever, okay. it's disturbing.
2: Uh, it's no secret that Joe Rogan doesn't support va- vaccine mandates, but now with new mandates in New York City, his comedy tour will be affected. Joe said, "Quote." I have a problem because I have a show there in Madison Square Garden in October and they say that everybody has to be vaccinated. I want everybody to know that you can get your money back. If someone has an ideological or physiological reason for not getting vaccinated, I don't want to force them to get vaccinated to see an effing stupid comedy show.
1: Yeah, I guess you got to give him a little bit of credit for not letting the (laughs) money win out.
0: Yeah, but, you know, uh, I'm sure he's gotten phone calls all day from like managers and promoters saying, please don't say that stuff. Yeah, yeah.
2: Uh, Have you ever heard people say that Disney princess movies like The Little Mermaid or Sleeping Beauty negatively influence young girls' sense of self-worth due to the whole damsel in distress cliche?
1: I have heard exactly (laughs) those words. (laughs)
2: Do you want me to say it again? Yeah, (laughs) say it it again. Uh, I'm uh, not sure I caught it. Have you ever heard that people say that Disney princess movies like The Little Mermaid or Sleeping Beauty negatively influence young girls' sense of self-worth due to the whole damsel in distress cliche?
1: Yes.
2: Well, a study was done to see if that held up. A group of preschool-aged children were surveyed in 2012 and 2013 about half boys and half girls. Then five years later, the same kids were surveyed again. The results showed that Disney princesses didn't enforce female gender stereotypes. In fact... Did not. Yeah, it actually uh, resulted in kids believing in a society where everyone is equal, even down to wanting boys to show more emotion.
0: Hmm. Does it uh, help children believe that, say, seafood can sing? Well, we don't know what they do down there. Well, if you're watching the movie, you know the crab sure can uh, belt uh-huh. on a tune.
1: Yeah, I actually read a, I read a story the other day. It was about, the story itself was about. Uh, a priest somewhere many years ago That everybody knew was molesting uh, altar boys And how long he was continually transferred But um, one of the uh, one of the points in the story Which I found interesting was Did you know that the authors And I don't remember their names But the authors of uh, Peter Pan and Alice in Wonderland Were both pedophiles
0: Well, uh, Lewis Carroll who wrote Alice in Wonderland Was also uh, like an opium addict too Ah. Had a lot of strikes against him. In fact, if you ever read the book, you realize hey, I'm not so sure this is for children. This dude's messed up. Yeah,
1: well, both that and uh, and uh, Peter Pan. What about Pedophile, that? Pedophile uh, authors. Uh, go figure. Oh, that's. Uh... Way to bring us down well, this I mean, morning. You hey, you yeah.
0: Respect the art does exactly. not always mean you got to respect the artist.
2: You have, yeah, you have to separate the art from the artist. Yeah. That's one of your uh, favorite lines, isn't it, John? It, it
0: is uh, actually one of my favorite
1: lines. Mm-hmm. I have it etched uh, somewhere. Uh,
2: 18-year-old Jojo Siwa will be uh, part of the first same-sex couple in Dancing with the Stars history. Her partner uh, hasn't uh, been announced yet. The season premieres on September 20th. This is a YouTube star.
0: Uh-huh. Oh, no, no, no. She's, She's more than that. She was on Dance Moms for crying out loud. Well, she started on YouTube. That was her. Yes, uh, but man, it really did pick up when she joined Dance Moms.
2: A new Lego set from Jurassic Park features characters' photos next to their Lego versions, except that uh, next to Sam Neill's picture is a toilet, to which he joked, "Quote: Is this a commentary on my performance? (laughs) (laughs) No, just your Uh, career after Jurassic Park." uh the band bts did you
1: ever hear of them uh, uh yeah so, uh, taking care of business no, no, that's uh, bto Uh oh this, is a, this well, is a um what about uh a telephone line and
0: uh no no, magic. no 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 yeah that's elo you're thinking about the kind of sports car no 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 that's a gto anyway uh
2: bts it's a it's a korean boy band is mm-hmm. what it is They've been accused of manipulating the Billboard Hot 100 by organizing fans to buy their music in bulk quantities so their singles shoot up the charts, but they say it's not true. Member RM said, quote, If there's a conversation inside Billboard about what being number one should represent, then it's up to them to change the rules and make streaming way more on the ranking. Slamming us or our fans to getting to number one with physical sales and downloads, I don't know if that's right. It just feels like we're easy targets because we're a boy band, a K-pop act, and we have this fan loyalty. I don't know what to tell you.
0: No. Uh, you know, the thing is, uh, a lot of these charts now, Billboard and some of the others, mm-hmm. uh, because they don't take into account some of those streaming numbers. Yeah, you can't rely on any of that information.
2: Well, fans like uh, of artists like uh, Olivia Rodrigo and Dua Lipa have uh, accused BTS fans of mass buying, which could have merit, but does that
1: really make it illegal? Well, what what is? Um, you said we're talking both physical music. And downloads, right? Well,
2: they're talking, yeah. Streaming is not included in the.
0: Yeah, it's it's the actual buying a physical product uh, as opposed to when you paying bu- for downloads. When
2: you buy an MP3 or you buy an album, a digital album, that's
0: considered a purchase. A digital album?
1: Yeah. Okay.
0: But if you're on Spotify and you're not paying for any of it, and you're just getting it as part of uh, your membership. So that they don't doesn't count that go that
1: down as a sale? No. Yeah. No.
2: BTS's record label was even asked if they organized fans for chart manipulation. They said, quote, Wouldn't it be nice if we actually had the ability to mastermind such a thing? I don't believe the U.S. market is one that can be handily topped
1: by downloads alone. Actually, wasn't BTS a, a serial killer, too? That was no. BTK. Uh, oh.
2: Yeah. No, you're thinking of
0: that uh, place that has the Whopper. No, that's just BK. No, huh? no, no. You're thinking about the sexually transmitted disease. No, that's, uh, which one? I'm still going with the (laughs) SPD? HPV? STD would have been fine.
2: And uh, that, my friends, is your Hollywood trash on Rock 101. Now, Bax's view from the couch. Brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger wood-fired Grills.
0: Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you folks? Let's take a minute to forget all about the fact that the Boston Red Sox have lost half of their last 20 games and are now seven games out of first place after once leading the division for much of the season. Let's pretend as though none of that really bad stuff has happened. Instead, let's focus on the brief glimmer of optimism that was present last night when pitcher Chris Sale became only the second pitcher in baseball history to record his third immaculate inning of his career, matching the mark set by Hall of Famer Sandy Koufax 57 years ago. Now you might say, gee, Baxey, that's exciting news. It would be even more exciting if you could tell us what the heck an immaculate inning is all about. Well, it's like this. You know how in baseball you need to chalk up three outs to retire the opposing side? Well, imagine doing that, but retiring the side with three straight strikeouts. And imagine striking out all three of those guys on just three pitches each. Well, Chris Thale did that last night in the third inning against the hopelessly awful Minnesota Twins in just his third start since coming off a Tommy John surgery to repair his elbow. And Winning the game by a score of 12-2, and then proving his post-surgical record to two wins and zero losses with an ERA of 2.35. That's three strikeouts, nine pitches. Was Sandy Koufax coming off of Tommy John surgery when he threw his third immaculate inning in 1964? No, he did not. Why? Because, A, it was 57 years ago. B Tommy John didn't blow at his elbow until 9 years after Sandy Koufax pitched his final game and C because in 1964 they didn't even have that kind of surgery yet. My point is this, getting one immaculate inning in your career is pretty remarkable. Getting three of them is damn near impossible. And in a season that has been stained by the sudden collapse of nearly everybody else around him, Chris Sale has been the only bright spot to emerge from Fenway Park since the All-Star game. He's only had three starts, and frankly, at this point, I'll take any obscure, long forgotten milestone that I can take, because it's not like there's been a whole lot of highlights to choose from. But hey, enough of my yapping sports brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Pull up Rocky's August sales flyer on your phone or your computer. It's loaded with bargains like the 4 buck tool sale or the DeWalt $100 deals. Every month, there's a new Rocky's flyer jam packed with savings for you. At your fingertips. All you got to do is go to Rockies.com. I'm back. That's my view from the two Springfields classic rock. It's 6-11. It's easy top on Rock 102. With the uh, recently deceased Charlie Watts. No, uh, Charlie didn't play with them. Uh, Frank Beard played with them, and he's still very much alive. Dusty Hill, on the other hand, uh, not so well. That's what I
1: meant. Yeah, that's what I meant. Uh, so one more day of uncomfortable heat and humidity, and then tomorrow, it looks like it's going to be over, uh, hot today, sunny and hot chance of a thunderstorm, a high of 91. And then, uh, tomorrow, partly sunny and a high of 76. It's, uh, and I believe the humidity will go away too. So, you know, the old saying, you can't fight city hall. No, I've never heard that before. I just made it up. Um, if you can't fight city hall, imagine trying to fight the state house. So obviously... Is this like a a two out of
0: three falls kind of thing? eh, How are you you arranging it? The uh,
1: issue with the courthouse in Springfield that we have been talking about for decades is uh, seemingly coming to uh, a head this week because, as you you heard yesterday on the show, the district attorney came on and told us uh, why he decided to move his entire staff out of that building, and then the Registrar of Deeds, Cheryl Coakley Rivera, did the same thing, took her whole staff out of there. Hmm. There is a mold issue in the building. Yeah,
0: their reasoning is the building's gross. It's disgusting, and it
1: quite possibly is killing people. And at the very least, it's sickening them. And again, decades we have known this for. And this Massachusetts trial court, which is a, a group from what I just was able to find out by by Googling them and looking at their website, appears to be 14 members on the trial court. And uh, I don't know how many of them are involved in the actual distribution of funds for infrastructure. But uh, Anthony Galluni told us yesterday, as far as he knows, none of those 14 are from Western Mass. So you have new courthouses in uh, Worcester and uh, another one further east. I'm not even sure where that one was. Um, relatively new. When I say new, even uh, you know, there's a nice courthouse in Chicopee. There's a nice one, uh, newer one in Holyoke. There's a there's a better one in Palmer. But you know, the big one, the Superior Court in uh, in Springfield, the District Court rather, is um, a dump. And so now the media. Mass Live, Channel 22, they're doing all these big interviews with people like uh, Bud Williams and uh, Joe Wagner and Eric Lesser. Mm-hmm. And all of those people surprisingly agree that this building should be dealt with. The thing I don't get is how do they go to the trial court? Because yesterday in the paper, it said, you know, Cheryl Coakley Rivera was saying, enough with the trial court. They're not doing anything for us. Let's go directly to the governor, and, and I don't know what that
0: really means. Well, I don't. Is it uh, is it procedural? I, you know, I mean, because that's what it sounds like. Yeah, but because uh, obviously, if they're not responding in a way that's exacting any change, and the DA is saying, "All right, you know what? Enough is enough." Someone should be taking notice of that on the trial well, court, and if they're not then the governor should possibly get involved I mean, and, so I, and the I,
1: way to do that is all of these politicians i just mentioned especially eric lesser should be in a car together or separately for social distancing and driving to boston and saying let's do something as opposed to all doing
0: phone interviews with mass live just to say what we already know well we don't know that they're not we don't know if they if they if phone calls you know were made as a res- you know like the moment that uh, Anthony Galooney moved everybody, you know, his staff out of there, and the moment that uh, Cheryl Coakley Rivera did the very same, you know, we don't know what they've done. But, well,
1: I'm sure there's been phone calls, but I really think there needs to be presence. I think if all of these legislators, Angelo Pupolo's mentioned here again, also uh, um, Joe Wagner, all of those guys should be in Boston, knocking on the door of the governor's office, and and saying we need this dealt with. On an emergency basis, we can't wait for more tests. We can't wait for more
0: cleanings. We can't wait for anything. Yeah, and my guess is the governor will be in his office and say, Angelo who? Uh, uh, Pupelo? Uh, Wagner? Never heard of him. Or, or he'll just, uh, the, well, the... Uh, Lesser I've heard of. The, the legislators will just have to go,
1: Chinese food! So that they, they can fool their way into the office. Oh, uh, very much like the land shark. Yeah, well, no, yeah, par- partly like that, but also uh, from Seinfeld.
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't but, know if uh, if getting, <laughs> getting to him through an ambush of his office is really the right approach.
1: Well, you know, so Bud Williams is one person who says, um, I, I think most people believe that this thing needs to be torn down and rebuilt, not just fixed or renovated. So Bud Williams' suggestion is either somewhere closer to uh, Union Station, or somewhere in the North End. You know, I I just, I know that a project obviously takes longer when you want to tear something down and rebuild it on the same footprint. But, you know, I mean, that's the way this city was made. You've got City Hall, Symphony Hall, the courthouse, the juvenile courthouse, which is, you know, obviously still the 18th century building that they use and i think it belongs on the same spot i know that's going to make it a longer project to
0: tear down and then rebuild but but you know but they may but they may find that there's contamination of of that area Mm. and they may find that yeah that the delays maybe might not be satisfactory that maybe what they really do need is to think about other locations within the downtown area. I mean, across from Union Station is not so far removed from the rest of the action, uh, you know, downtown. You know, yeah, if you're talking there? about if you're well, I mean, there's always that Northgate Plaza that should have been torn down when we're talking baseball. Oh, all right. I know which.
1: I wasn't sure which side of across from you meant. Well,
0: I mean, there's you know what that what 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 good is that post office doing there? uh mail mail who's sending mail Uh, who's doing that uh, anymore uh, what am i am i sending postcards and and letters i don't think so but there may be other places to put this that just may expedite the process faster because you know there's so much going on in that in in the old rotting disgusting building that you just you can't suspend operation I mean, you have to figure out a place well, no, to you, move everything temporarily yeah, while the whole yeah. project's being figured out. And possibly the Eastfield Mall, once they clean the mold there,
1: wouldn't be a bad place since they're already using it for some court business. But for some
0: court business. But that's a busy court. So, you know, you have to figure out uh, you know alternatives and maybe it's Tower Square, maybe it's someplace else. I don't, you know, would it be great to have it where it is? Sure. But I don't know if it's going to be. I'm going to, I'm going to guess that that's probably not because they need to do this quickly. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're beyond an emergency situation here. The longer we, uh, we stall on this project, we're not getting anywhere. We need to get cracking on this quickly. It
1: just, it just amazes me. Uh, again, I'm, I'm not really sure, you know, we asked Anthony yesterday, he tried to describe it a little bit of how this trial court operates. Where does this money come from? How does it get allocated? Uh, Mostly, where does it come from? I mean, I am assuming it's taxpayer money, but is it is it you know given out by the state budget office, by the governor's office? who allocates that and and how do they decide? You know, again, we've got other courts in this in this state that have been replaced way faster than than ours has, and ours is seemingly in greater need. So how do they pick and choose these? Does the fact that there's not a western mass? background person on the trial
0: court actually heard us it sounds like it i'm sure it doesn't help but i think that the trial court has to at least see what's going on as far as the as far as what's happened this week with the uh, galunian and, and and cheryl rivera i think once they've seen this happen uh that they have to they have to at least acknowledge the fact you've got a problem and we either fix it or we don't. And if we don't, more people are going to get sick. It's going to be more become more and more dangerous to be in that building. I mean, let's listen. Let's just say I needed to go to the uh, to the courthouse for some uh, non litigation related uh, reason. I'd be afraid to go in that building without a full hazmat suit from top to bottom. Imagine
1: if you had to go in there for a litigation reason. Say you're
0: uh, impending arrest. Right. And trial. I would require not only the hazmat suit, but a couple of oxygen tanks to make sure I can breathe my way through. Or you're going in there for
1: uh, jury duty and, you know, you're just in a jury pool and you say, like me right now, if I went in there and said, listen, I'm uh, immune compromised. And I know this building is probably not the safest place for me to be right now. Yeah,
0: you still have to wait three hours to make your case. Yeah. Well, I'd do it outside, stand yeah, on the sidewalk, and let them call me in. Yeah, it doesn't really work that way. You still got to check in.
1: I don't know, but it just it, to me, it, it should be where it is, and and if it's not, and you tear that down, what do, what are you going to put there? What are you going to put there? Uh, parking yeah. lot? Uh, no, not not that piece of real estate. Uh, a park. Uh yeah, we got enough parks, about, I think. How about a thirty one flavors? Uh yeah, but that's what I mean. We're gonna we're not gonna go putting retail in there. Um you know, that that block is from uh what is it? State Street, from State Street to Court Street and the next block towards Nadim's is that's you know, either business or municipal. Well, once the
0: building is condemned and torn down now we have all kinds of time to figure out what to do with it. In the meantime, let's get ourselves a court a courthouse that actually works for people in a safe way. How about on top of MGM? No, let's keep. Let's you were the one the other day who said they could build up. Yeah, but MGM doesn't have to be involved in everything we do. Well, especially, I know, but it's a good footprint,
1: it, and you can you can gamble
0: you can gamble your sentence. Again, I don't think that's such a great idea. Yeah, I'm trying to be innovative. But you're really missing the boat. It's 623 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102. 6 with Bax and O'Brien at Rock 102.
1: Speaking of uh, downtown development, you see the story on Maz Live of the new Cajun restaurant coming? Uh, yeah, where are they putting that? The uh, former JT's Sports Pub. Ah. The Shaking Crab restaurant. They hope to have it open before December. It, it it is a chain. It's part of a chain. They have other restaurants in uh, Massachusetts, New Jersey, and uh, New York. It'll seat about a hundred, and uh, we'll have takeout as well as eating in mm-hmm. and uh, seafood. That's good. Louisiana style Cajun seafood.
0: I guarantee. Well, you know, I think uh, you know since Chef Wayne closed his doors, it, uh, there is a uh, there is a market that's willing to that's ready to be tapped. Yeah.
1: Well. I didn't even realize, JT's has been closed for seven years.
0: Whew. Yeah, I guess that's, that, it's, it's been an awful long time since I can recall even going into that place.
1: See, to me, I thought it was maybe like uh, three, four years ago. No. I, I, everything, the, all these things that go away, and then when I remember that they're gone, it seems like, wow, when did that happen? <laughs> Let's
0: laugh.
2: Tell me. Tell me what's fun. It's Bax and O'Brien's joke of
0: the day. Well, it's nice to find a fellow with a keen sense of humor on Rock 102.
2: Oh my God, that is hilarious.
0: Springfield's classic rock.
1: A man enters the bar of a five star restaurant. Yes. He sits down at the bar and he orders four very expensive drinks. Four of them. That's right. The bartender serves them on a silver tray, setting all four of those expensive drinks in front of the man. Who then consumes them all in a matter of minutes. All four of them. That's right. And the bartender says, geez, you uh, you really must have a problem. And the, and the guy goes, well, I'll tell you what. If you had what I had, you'd drink fast like that too. And then leaning in uh, sympathetically, the bartender says, uh, why? What do you have? And the guy goes, only $3. He's <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: Six thirty two with Bax and O'Brien Iraq 102. It's time for news. Here's local radio icon, Steve Nagel. Thanks,
2: Bax. Evacuation flights from Afghanistan have resumed with a new <clears throat> urgency a day after two suicide bombings targeted thousands of this for people fleeing the Taliban takeover and killed more than 100. The U.S. warned more attacks could come ahead of the Tuesday deadline for foreign troops to leave. As the call uh, to prayer echoed through uh, uh, Kabul on Friday, the anxious crowd outside the airport was as large as ever. Dozens of Taliban members patrolled the area about 500 meters from the airport to prevent anyone from venturing beyond. Afghan and U.S. officials said Thursday's bombings near uh, Kabul's international airport killed at least 95 Afghans and 13 U.S. troops. Officials warned that the toll could be higher. It was the deadliest day for American forces in Afghanistan since August of 2011. Crews were called to a hazardous situation on Fairway Drive in Springfield Thursday night. Fire officials described the incident as fifty at 53 Fairway Drive as a level one hazmat. No further details were provided.
1: Um, you probably don't know this because it's happening right at this moment. Um, and I don't know if it's a hazmat thing or, or, or what because I wasn't able to get the uh, sound on it. Um, Center Street in downtown Chickabee is closed. There appears to be an awful lot of uh, emergency personnel there, multiple ambulances, uh, firefighters, and police. So, um, again, no other details, but that one's happening right now.
2: That's not even on the website yet.
1: No, it, no, it's just
0: like, what, 631 uh, breaking news. Yeah, it's, it's hard to get breaking news onto a website edited Find your pictures, embed a video, and then hit send.
2: Bex, uh, it's hard for them to do that a week later. Yeah, after I get the it. Breaking yeah, yeah. news happened. Yeah.
0: Right. Oh,
2: you're just talking about the immediacy
0: of this one. <laughs> Listen, I know. I'm getting ahead of myself.
2: Uh, police arrested a man on five felony charges in connection to a deadly motor vehicle crash on Chapin Street in Ludlow that killed one person back on August 22nd. The Ludlow Police Department arrested 34-year-old Javier Morales of Ludlow without incident yesterday afternoon. He's charged with motor vehicle homicide by reckless operation. Reckless operation of a motor vehicle, speeding greater than reasonable, improper passing, and marked lanes violations.
1: Speeding greater than reasonable. There's reasonable speeding?
2: Well, uh, 5 to 10 miles an hour probably is reasonable. 30 to 40 miles an hour probably isn't reasonable.
1: Either way, I've never heard of this before. You're, You're speeding if you're above the speed limit. Yeah. I didn't realize that uh, there is a greater and lesser well, you don't, uh, you, degree.
0: You, you don't know what they're doing in Ludlow. You yeah. know, maybe maybe this is like one of those uh, trumped-up charges that they're trying to mm. impose on everybody so no one can go 26 miles an hour in a school zone.
2: Have you ever known a, a police officer to give a ticket for like one mile an hour over the speed?
1: Uh, first of all, the school zone speed is 20, but no, I, I can't imagine uh, an officer giving a, a speeding ticket for one mile an hour over.
2: I was... Uh, I was driving last week, and uh, I can't remember where I was. Oh, it was on Route 20 in Westfield.
1: Mm -hmm. And
2: uh, it's like this popular uh, hangout that all the cops hang out at. Like, you kind of know if you drive through there that you should probably slow down because Might be a cop. Might be a cop there. And uh, this guy ahead of me was just flying past this trooper, but it was Mm -hmm. pouring rain out. Mm -hmm. I was like, he ain't going after him. There's no way he's gonna, and he didn't. He,
1: he did, did he not. Did. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, because it's uh, it's pouring rain. Do yeah. you really want to get out? You want to nope. put that that uh, that oversized rain jacket on?
0: And-
1: nope. Do not have Just- to stand there talking to somebody in the pouring rain. Somebody who is sitting in the dry shelter of their own vehicle while I'm standing out here getting poured on. You're the one who did something wrong. I tell. I'd get on my PNA and say, "Driver, come back to me." Come to me. Get out of the car and yeah. come to me. You, turn you stand in the rain.
2: You turn around. You come yeah. back and pull up. Get out of the car. Yeah. And walk over to the window. here. Come
0: over here to the window.
2: You know, I'm just curious. And bring be- an umbrella so I don't get rain inside the window.
0: Right. I'm just curious. You know, uh, speed zones and and, and uh, speed limits in school zones around the country mm-hmm. uh, vary between 15 and 25 miles an hour. Now in Massachusetts, I think I think you're right. It's like 20. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine living in a community where you got to slow down at 15 miles an hour? Yeah, yeah, but nobody kids. does. kids? Nobody does. And then the other thing, too, Look, is... kind of. Edu- are you getting any better education because the people around you are slowing down to 15 miles an hour? I got places to be. And the other thing, too, is,
1: you know, it's 7 o'clock at night. These kids aren't in school. What am I doing 15 miles an hour for? That's why usually they put a light there, and yeah. it says,
0: when flashing. Well, sometimes. Yeah. But if they don't, I don't know. And 7 o'clock, 8 o'clock at night. I'm gunning it. What well, about all summer long? Yeah, they'll never take me alive. That's why.
1: That's why. Like uh, what I've said before, converse and um, converse and Laurel. The no turn on red from seven to nine a.m. and two to four p.m. Mm-hmm. is to in- cover the school dismissal and arrival hours, arrival and dismissal hours when kids are likely to be walking or right. buses are going to be dropping kids off.
2: Right. Uh, at 7 p.m. on Sunday, police were called to a serious multi-crash vehicle on uh, Chapin Street in Lillow with injuries. Individuals involved in the crash were taken to Bay State, and one person was pronounced dead. The cause is still being investigated by the Hamden County DA's office.
1: Multi-vehicle crash. What did I say? <laughs> multi-crash vehicle. Like it was like it's one car that just keeps oh, hitting things. It's like, <laughs> oh, it's
0: like a demolition derby
2: all of a sudden. <laughs> oh, it could have been. Remember that guy uh, the other day yeah? who was just banging into Banging a, into all the state troopers. Car, yeah. <laughs> Uh, a Conway student has won $300,000 in scholarships as part of the Commonwealth's Vax Millions game. Finally, one person from Western Mass wins.
0: Finally. Something. Well, Actually, where's Conway?
2: That's uh, up near uh, Deerfield and all that stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, the governor's office has announced that uh, Gretchen Selva of Conway is the winner of this week's final college scholarship in the state lottery game, which was only open to people who have been vaccinated against COVID-19. Selva is a student at Four Rivers Charter School in Greenfield.
0: We didn't. Th- I don't know if we did the story, but uh, I was reading that one of the winners didn't claim their prize. Like you have 24 hours to respond yeah. to claiming it, and and they didn't do it. I hope it's not because they got
1: one of those breakthrough cases of
0: COVID. Well, let's hope not. I mean, I'm trying not to think worst case scenario. I'm just trying to think that maybe they they just didn't read yeah. Mass Live that day. That's where I always go. Worst case scenario.
2: I'm a little upset that I didn't get to
0: be picked as a winner for this million
2: dollars. Well.
1: I, I I wouldn't worry about it too much, Steve. I'm sure there's many other million-dollar contests you won't get yeah. picked for either. Next time
0: we have a deadly international health crisis, you're, you're a winner, Steve. No, then when
2: they come out with a vaccine, they tell everybody to get it. I'm getting it just to get my entry. Yeah. I would have gotten vaccinated multiple times just to get multiple entries. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's the problem.
2: <laughs> a uh, Greenfield man has been sentenced to two and a half years in prison after admitting to what is his fifth drunk driving offense, Herbert Thurber. Herbert Herb Thurber, Herb Herb Thurber. Herb Thurber. Of, of Myrtle. Herbert Thurber of Myrtle Street. Can you say that as <laughs> yeah, huh? fast? Yeah, Herbert he Thurber. Is it here? Is it Hebert?
1: Not his first name. No, the first name would be Herbert. Herb uh,
2: entered a guilty plea in Greenfield District Court yesterday. The 51-year-old was arrested in April while parked in front of an area, uh, parked in the lot of an area private school. Police allegedly found open liquor bottles in Thurber's van, and he had a blood alcohol content of 0.22 at the time of his arrest. Of course, the legal limit is 0.08.
1: Open liquor bottles? Yeah. That had booze in them? Or didn't have booze in them. Well. I don't know. uh, You you generally don't get, what I'm getting at is how many bottles of liquor would you have open in your car that you're drinking from? Because empty ones don't count.
2: Yeah, empty ones uh, would indicate that you may have consumed those drinks. Or you could have done that two days before. Yeah,
1: it's not probable cause. I Um, see people
2: with trash stacked up in their car, like up to their windows. Oh,
1: yeah. Up to the windows. I mean, I have a trash container on the back seat floor behind the passenger side. Mm -hmm. And it gets overfilled sometimes before I get around to emptying it. But not up to the windows.
2: I've seen, uh, I saw one last week in a parking lot of a grocery store mm-hmm. where this guy had trash,
1: like, up to the window. Are you sure it was trash and not groceries? No,
2: it was trash. It was definitely trash. <laughs> how much are you looking to eat?
1: Well, you, you could have a large family. I you suppose. Could,
2: uh, I just don't know how you live like that with all that. Like, it would be a little claustrophobic for me.
0: Well, imagine what his house must look like. Well, yeah. maybe the, the, the car is a mess. So that his house could be clean. Or maybe there is no house, and that's why there's a mess in the car. Well, there's that, too.
2: The uh, Supreme Court is allowing evictions to resume across the United States, blocking the Biden administration from enforcing a temporary ban that was put in place because of the coronavirus pandemic. According to Census Bureau data, roughly 3.5 million people in the United States say they faced eviction in the next two months. The court says an unsigned opinion late Thursday that uh, the CDC and P which reimposed the moratorium August 3rd, lacked the authority to do so under federal law. The justices are rejecting the administration's arguments in support of the CDC's authority.
1: I'm sorry, what would, what did you just say about August 3rd? That the CDC put in, reimposed the moratorium reimposed. on August 3rd, but they didn't have the authority to do so. That's what the courts... So, re- reimposed. Because, I mean, the, the moratorium, the eviction moratorium was done in the, in the Trump administration... And I'm not sure when it ended.
2: It kept getting pushed back. It was like, first it was like December 31st of last year. Then it was... To end. To end. Yeah. And then they re-upped it to March. And yeah. it, it was like a th- every three months they they go after this so again. So
1: when did it all of a sudden go to the Supreme Court? And Why?
2: On August third, because somebody contested the fact that the CDC doesn't really have the right to do so, and the court ruled that that was the case. You
1: think they would have done that in the many months prior? I mean, obviously, I think I heard the number thirty-one billion. Uh, thirty-one billion dollars so far have been lost by landlords in the country because they've got back rents They'd be lucky to get any front rents. I get none, none of, of it. Yeah. So you know, I've been outside. You know.
2: Oh, I go down to my good friend's house and yeah. i like, look, man. I'm outside. I'm outdoors. I'm outdoors. I'm you know. outdoors <laughs> that's it, yeah. <laughs> you think I maybe stay with you a couple days? And Biden let, me, said, can, let me
1: go ask my wife. And
2: Biden says, let me go ask my wife. Yeah. <laughs> he says, I don't know, man. She kind of funny.
1: I know. Everybody funny. Now, you funny too.
2: Why don't we just play the song? I can really? see on his face. I know it was no...
1: <laughs> Because we don't have eight minutes yeah, to spare. and it's more fun uh, reenacting it.
2: What do you mean we don't have eight minutes to spare? We have nothing but time on this <laughs> yeah, show. Yeah, well. Tropical storm Ida has prompted a hurricane watch for New Orleans and an emergency declaration for the state of Louisiana as it pushes across, across the Caribbean toward an anticipated strike on Cuba today. Forecasters say Ida could be near major hurricane strength by the time it reaches the northern Gulf Coast. That's projected to happen sometime late Sunday or early Monday, which just I... in time for the 16th anniversary oh. of Hurricane Katrina. Perfect.
0: Yeah. yeah, I read that earlier. It's like on the exact day. It's like, ugh, man. Well, maybe Ida will have the same you know limp structure as uh, Henri. Or you know, change was, course. Yeah, yeah. Now, well, you don't want him changing course and coming up here. I mean, no, changing no. course to me would be like, Maybe hitting an island and it just all falls apart.
2: Well, it could come up here. Yeah, yeah usually with those things, it's, it seems like they go north and then off to the northeast when, when they come inland. You know. Yeah, but yeah.
1: thankfully, as they were saying last week, when we had that one, we haven't had one in a very long time. To have two of them in a month would be would suck.
2: Well, I guess this will be the test for the rebuilt levee system in New Orleans. Probably. Yeah, no, because that's what they're worried about is the the uh, the storm surge mm-hmm. from all these things.
1: I think it's pronounced Levi. Uh,
2: I think it's Levy.
0: It's uh, if if I'm remembering uh, Don McLean, I believe it's Levy. Mm-hmm.
2: No, I think it's. I, I think, think John's right. Drove my Levi to the <laughs> Levi. to no, the Levi. I don't think so. <laughs> I was trying to think of something that rhymed with Levi, but I couldn't. My uh,
1: Hyundai to the le- to the le- Levi. Yeah.
2: A 41-year-old man in Japan tried to rob a store the other day by threatening the cashier with a lighter. He walked in, pulled out a lighter, lit it, and told the cashier to give him all the money in the register or he would burn him. It's not clear if he was uh, also threatening to set the store on fire, but it doesn't sound like he had an accelerant like gasoline or anything. He just had the lighter. The cashier refused to give him the money and called the police, and when they got there, the man threatened them with the lighter,
1: too. I remember, though I, I forget who it was that had it, a relative somewhere, uh, that had a lighter. Usually, it was out in the open for anyone to use if they wanted it, and it, it was um, it was like maybe the size of a of a tennis ball, and and it was clear glass, mm-hmm. so I mean you could see the uh, lighter fluid uh, inside of it.
2: I had my grandmother had one. Yes, I, yeah, think I think
1: it was
0: one one of my grandparents. Yeah, yeah. I think everybody's family had. Had one. Yeah.
2: It had a stick on the end of it, right? And you push the stick down, and it would light the flint, and then the...
1: Uh, I don't remember that. I-, I thought it just had a thumb push uh, that well, did it that I- way. I think they
0: came in both uh, in both ways.
1: Yeah. Well, there you go. Now you got an accelerant. Give me all the money, or I'll drop this thing while it's lit. Oh, really? How's it going to not unlight before it hits the ground?
2: Yeah, but you can't do that with a bick.
1: No. You know? No, no. No. That's why I was going to ask. Was this a bick or... You know, one of them big old-fashioned bulb ones.
2: It sounded like it was a
1: Bic. Yeah. It didn't
2: sound like it was uh, the classic one no. that we, we have come to know and love <laughs> mm. as remember the,
0: antiques. Remember the old days when people used to put their own lighter fluid into their lighters? Yeah, that's what this thing was. Yeah, well, of course. Yeah. But, you know, nowadays, if your lighter runs out, ain't nobody going to replace no. the, 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 the fluid inside. You toss them. That's it. It's like, uh, it's like small pets. I mean, there were probably companies that made nothing but lighter fluid. Now they're out of business because no one's, no one's buying fluid anymore. Yeah, it's, a, it's like a, we're like a fluid-free society.
2: I don't know if that's necessarily true. I see a lot of the head shops have Zippo lighters still for sale.
0: What are the, what are the Zippo's
1: like?
2: The, those are the those are the flip the, the little silver the little metal. Fl- uh,
0: flip oh yeah flip yeah, yeah yeah. You know those are the ones where like you, you, with the flick of the wrist, you, right? It's, it's like uh, it's, it's lit. Now mm. though, those are cool, and those you can refill. But the average dude's buying like a, a cricket he got while he was buying mm-hmm. gas at the uh, at the convenience store.
2: And the only thing with those Zippos is you had to put them properly in your pants if you are going to carry them because otherwise the fluid would tip over and, and leak spill out in your pants. Your That's not good. That's not going to be good for business. Mm-hmm. It good All for right. anybody. You're uh, Pioneer Valley. Rock
0: 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 6.55 and the Beatles on Rock 102.
1: I uh, mistakenly said, <clears throat> excuse me, downtown Springfield, uh, downtown Chickabee, rather. Uh, had a situation going on. It, it's not downtown. It's Center Street right at the springfield chicobee line. Uh, it is closed. There are a lot of fire trucks, uh, p- police officers, and emergency personnel down there, ambulances as well. They have no idea. 22 doesn't know what's going on. They're not releasing any information yet, but the road is closed. Uh, 22 pointing out that they did, however, see a tow truck, uh, a vehicle rather, on a tow truck. Because maybe uh, there's a junkyard there. so I <laughs> Yes. Think seeing a car on a tow truck at a junkyard
0: hmm. is not unusual. And if you're trying to drive towards uh, downtown Chickabee, that would be a problem if you're going that way. If you're going that way, there sure. There are other ways of getting to downtown Chickabee. That should be just fine. All right, let me ask you a very important question. Uh-huh. Are you ready? Uh-huh. Oh, good. Ladies and gentlemen, please join me as we welcome John O'Brien's America. The Nightshade Noodle Bar in Lynn
1: recently posted this on Facebook to its customers in the wake of the recent surge of COVID cases and a policy of having customers wear masks inside the restaurant. Apparently, a lot of people got pissed and let the owner know about it, so she wrote, This is the best way we can protect the health of our team and our guests when in our space. Those who do not provide proof of vaccination are allowed to dine outdoors when permitted by weather, Or order takeout. To be clear, each of you who have the time and energy to troll my Facebook account about our effort to keep everybody safe via a vaccination policy as a deadly virus mutates and keeps killing people will continue to be banned and blocked. Find something else to do. Whining on the internet at or about a restaurant you likely never had any intention to visit anyway is a little much. Go get a hot dog, drink some water. Take a nap. I'm not here to engage with all of your backwoods perspectives bringing up hepatitis and your lawyer and the Holocaust and whatever other BS you think you can come up with to intimidate me. People like you are a huge part of the reason restaurants can't find staff right now. Nobody wants to deal with you. Nobody wants to feel threatened by attitude or lack of vaccine at their job. We're all doing our best and we don't deserve to feel unsafe or uncomfortable at work. The policy is not just about you or me. This is about respect for everyone and public health. If you want to send me a hundred weird anti-vaxxer articles from the abyss, that being Facebook, save your time. You don't have to understand me. You also don't have to make a fool of yourself trying to hijack my feed as if you will change minds or teach me a little something in front of everybody. Get a life. Furthermore, all of you broken records from hell, repeating each other over and over with your selfish views on masks and vaccines are the reason why we're still in this S show. You think about getting, you think after getting annihilated and surviving all that restaurants have been through for 17 months of this shutdown, we want to welcome you who helped to keep our faces in the mud into our dining room to breathe on us and each other so you can flex your freedom. Give me a break. Freedom comes with responsibility. We too have freedoms then. And if you can only process thoughts based on that one big word, understand we're free to serve whoever we want to and not serve whoever we want to. A vaccination policy you don't like? You're free to walk your ass the other way. Give it up, she said. This has been John O'Brien's America, an America where it's a
0: shame people would think that trying to keep other people safe is a threat to their freedom. Thank you. The views expressed in John O'Brien's America are always best when they are socially distanced, too. Thank you.
2: and now, Bax's View from the Couch, brought to you by Rocky's Ace Hardware. Grills, grills, grills. Weber, Big Green Egg, and Traeger Fired Grills.
0: Hey, good morning sports fans. How the heck are you? Hey, remember a while back when the U.S. Supreme Court decided it was perfectly okay for college athletes to make endorsement deals in exchange for using their name and likenesses for commercial opportunities? Well... As a guy who just wrote a couple of checks to send his two kids off to college next week, I'd just like to say this whole endorsement thing is working out just great. Not great enough for my non-athletic children to enjoy such financial benefits, but great enough to allow student-athletes a chance to really enjoy the spoils of their already free college education. For example, six Ohio State football players signed endorsement agreements with a car dealership in Columbus, Ohio this week. Three seniors, one junior, and two redshirt freshman football players will be getting brand new cars in exchange for their endorsement, including the two who are still driving with their junior operator licenses. The deal is that each of these young men will get to enjoy a new car for a full year in exchange for their participation in dealer-initiated charity events, commercials, print ads, or what have you. At which point, they can either return the car or purchase the lease out themselves. Whatever they want to do is fine, just as long as they stay out of trouble and don't do what normal college students do when they have access to their own transportation. You see, these are the kinds of deals that a young college athlete are making these days. Now, you might say, well, getting a free car doesn't sound like such a bad thing, to which I would say, just wait until they get the tax bill. I would also like to point out, that a college football team can have as many as 119 other players on the roster, and only six of them got free cars. That means if you were going to give everybody a ride, you'd have to stuff approximately 20 players into each one of those cars, and that could have a negative impact on the resale value of the car. Listen, if I'm playing for Ohio State and I didn't get a car out of this deal, I might be forced into focusing on an education instead, and nobody really wants something like that. But hey, and number my yapping sports brought to you by Rockies Ace Hardware. Luke of the Agawam Rocky knows a thing or two about paint and paint diplomacy. He's helped families come to an agreement on paint colors and all kinds of things. An important step in any painting project. Good people, rock solid service like Luke's at the Agawam Rockies. I'm back. So that's my view from the couch. Rock
1: 102, Springfield's group that uh, apparently at least one suicide bomb was detonated. Uh, Then supposedly there were also, uh, there was also gunfire coming from ISIS-K. Although I just got done watching the the Today Show's report this morning, I didn't hear anything about that gunfire, only about the suicide bombs. And, you know, obviously they're worried uh, about more. And, And what they were saying is ISIS is the enemy of both the US, obviously, and the Taliban. So, the Taliban is also trying to conduct security at the airport. They are padding down and, in some cases, searching and have been. This isn't something they just started yesterday because of this attack. They have been padding down and searching these refugees before they allow them to get on planes, which is good because. If one of these suicide bombers made his way onto the plane and then detonated it, mm-hmm. you'd have one hell of an, in, an incident. But um, the uh, the president has also said that they believe they know who this faction of ISIS K is. You know, obviously the suicide suicide bombers are dead, but there's a a group of people who planned this and are probably planning more and. Apparently we know who they are and we will be responding uh, at a time of our choosing, he said. But, you know, when, when it's a group like ISIS, they don't have any established, well, I mean, there's intelligence that can tell you where they meet but it's not like they have an established building with a big ISIS sign on the front of the place so that we know exactly where to go and
0: what to hit. You mean it's not like a like a like a like a check-in table or you know, you, you get like a like a bag full of goodies when you go in. There go could shit. be
1: there could be, but you still can't tell on the outside right. what it is. But um, you know, it, it amazes me. I was reading this earlier this morning. So, you know, you keep hearing the stories about how we've been there for twenty years. And among the things that we've been doing is building an Afghan an Afghan military. Uh, oh, wait a minute! One more point before I get to all that. Uh, when the Afghan military left a couple of weeks ago, the prisons were left unguarded. The prisoners all got out. Seems re- a- seems reasonable to most people. A lot of them were ISIS members who are now free and can't wait to start getting even with the U.S. So th- that's that's another reason why you might see this uptick in violence. But So we spent all these years trying to build this military, and they basically surrendered as soon as the Taliban showed up. But I was reading this list this morning of what we left behind, not left behind, what we gave them, and they abandoned because they, they couldn't fight. We're talking... 75,000 military vehicles, 50,000 tactical vehicles, 20,000 Humvees, 1,000 mine-resistant vehicles, 150 armored personnel carriers. Mm -hmm. We spent $83 billion. Uh, We delivered some more, seven new helicopters last month. And they, uh, let's see, $200 million worth of drones have disappeared. They don't know where 600,000 weapons are within the country. And we gave them $28 billion in weaponry between 2002 and 2017. In just two years, we gave them 7,035 machine guns, 4,702 Humvees, 20,040 hand grenades, twenty five hundred and twenty bombs and thirteen hundred and ninety four grenade launchers.
0: So when you put all that uh, you know into a larger point of view, you realize, my gosh, we spend a whole lot of money only to leave there as something worse. Yeah, well, you know, you know I mean granted, you know not to diminish anything about about 9 eleven or anybody that has served. Uh you know over there, but you know you you look at the end the end of this, and you look at what a mess we are leaving behind to to meet a deadline, and you just go you, you, like how mismanaged was this thing uh in in the last few years, maybe during the entire twenty years it just it it's just it's an extraordinary amount of money to spend only to see things. You know, potentially be worse than they were before. Well, you know, I mean,
1: to build a military from scratch should seemingly be something
0: you can do in twenty years. Um, the other little things, well, but you're, but you're also assuming that you get buy-in from the military that already exists. There wasn't any. That's the point. That's, that's why I said from scratch. Exactly. So that's you know that's and that's my point. It's like you know when you're trying to rebuild a country, when you're trying to create a democracy in a place where democracy really hasn't been uh, a priority, um, you're going to be faced with enormous resistance, and uh, and that's what you have found. You know, they, they don't necessarily trust Americans enough to say, hey, you know what, maybe these Americans have it right.
1: Well, so what I was saying was the other thing as far as leaving all this stuff behind is concerned. Not just that we, you know, helped build this military, gave them these weapons, but a lot of this stuff is advanced weaponry uh, and, and it needs updates. And supposedly, one of the articles I read the other day was we left with all the software. I, I don't know how that makes sense. I don't know why you would give somebody something uh, that requires software and take the software away. But supposedly, you know, some of these things that we gave them. Are not really usable because of what we took when we did leave. But um, automatic renewal subscriptions. Some of that. Uh, they were showing. There was one video of um, of uh, the Taliban because the Taliban now have all of this equipment. It's not ISIS that has this stuff. It's the Taliban that's got it, and uh, they were joyriding in a helicopter. On the ground, they. I. I don't think they've reached the point yet of being able to get the helicopter into the air. Mm-hmm. So they were just kind of like joyriding it on the uh, on the tarmac. Um, but you know, I. That's the thing too. I was saying about this last week. I think of other countries as being so primitive, so far behind us in technology. Yet seventy percent of Afghanistan has cell phones. That doesn't mean that there are a lot of helicopter pilots in Afghanistan but if they have access to the internet uh they will learn how to fly these things you know it's not like it's not like 911 where those guys had to go to flight schools just so they could know how to operate a plane that was already in the air these guys will learn how to how to fly helicopters and they have all these black hawks with
0: weaponry and it's uh <laughs> I don't know. It, it, it's a, it's your it, your feeling about w- whether or not Afghanistan or any of these Middle Eastern countries are uh, you know third world countries or not, or, or you know you know not sophisticated or whatever they may, may be. You know that's that's an attitude that unfortunately has kind of led us into this problem because you know we have a gross misunderstanding of what is required by the people who live in the Middle East. Well, or what they what they what they are looking for, and it's we one of the, do. That's what I just said.
1: I'd like to think our intelligence services know enough of that.
0: Yeah, that may very well be true, but the intelligence intelligence is only as good as the people who take it and use it. And we haven't always had uh, top men using it. Well, I the mean, other thing I is mean, the CIA may know exactly what's going on. The FBI may know exactly what's going on, and there may be other uh, y- you know, agencies that, uh, that have figured it all out, but they still have to go through politicians to actualize this stuff.
1: The other thing, too, is not just the people who are getting the information, but the people who are giving the information. And that's another one of the messes of this whole thing. We have had thousands of Afghans that we've employed as translators who not only just translated language, but also provided intelligence and the Taliban know who they are. And unfortunately, we're not doing a very good job and haven't been for a while of helping to get those Afghans out of the country because they are considered traitors for all the, uh, the help they provided to our allies and, and us to get information. So I was reading one story yesterday of this, this guy who years ago, he filled out whatever paperwork is necessary to get out of the country years ago. And then two weeks ago, he, his wife and son get shot. He has to take them to a hospital, drop them off, and leave to go into hiding because he knows that they know who he is. And, and it took, uh, he was able to contact his American soldiers that he was working with. And it took a few days, but they got him out. But that's just one story. You know, I mean, how many others yeah. of these of these people who helped us are are still back there? Uh, I, I just I don't know how you win this thing. Uh, I think at this point, it's a little too
0: late to even think about
1: winning anything. Well, it, but the other thing, too, is how much more of yesterday's will happen between now and the 31st?
0: It's 723. We're back in O'Brien to Rock 102. Gift cards are for gifts. Ash Whole pork spare ribs, three per package, two ninety nine a pound. Arnold's own, eighty percent lean ground beef, ground fresh daily, five pound package, three sixty a pound. It's seven twenty six with and O'Brien to rock one hundred two. You know, you ever miss the and O'Brien show? It's no big deal. You can always go to baxtonobrien and download the daily podcast. It's real simple to do. You can also uh, download it by subscribing to Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and Spotify. Also, check out Baxie's musical podcast. My guest this week, Hugo Burnham from the band uh, Gang of Four. And then next week, uh, my guest will be Fee Wable from The Tube. So that's all coming up on BaxinO'Brien.com.
1: There was a story in the news yesterday, uh, out, I think in the Boston area, that the state police uh, were chasing a stolen Amazon truck. you imagine you're waiting for your uh, Amazon <sighs> Prime delivery? Yeah. And, uh, you know, something really important, like, like maybe a, a pool filter or a, a pool float. Uh, with this horrible, horrible heat wave, and you find out, ah, uh, yeah, your delivery is not going to make it because uh, uh, the truck was stolen and involved in a crash, and now everything that's on it is evidence or seized. So, uh, sorry, we'll give you credit. We'll
0: yeah, give you Amazon bucks. Credit is fine, but you know, I'm I'm waiting on my stuff. Yeah, I want my I want my float. Yeah, I, I bought it like uh, like you know, third party thing. There were only two left. Mm-hmm. It may not even be available anymore. I
1: went. Uh, I was sitting on the deck the other day, and uh, I heard the. Uh, I saw the Amazon truck go by, and the whole side door was open. I don't know. I don't know if he thought he was cooling himself uh, by having the door open in this kind of humidity. Right. I, I would think there would be air conditioning in these vehicles, but not to mention the uh, cargo of the vans' possibility of falling out. When the truck made a turn, wouldn't there be like an indicator light on the dashboard that says you got a door open? I think when the door on the side of the van is open, you don't need a light to know that.
0: True, but I know that when I owned a minivan many years ago, and the door didn't shut all the way, yeah, it would let you know, and it yeah. would start dinging like crazy.
1: This is wide open. I'm I'm sure this, uh, and I keep saying he. I don't I don't know whether the driver is male or female, but uh, I'm sure that they knew that the door was open, yeah. they probably, like I said, thought they were cooling themselves off in 90-degree weather with this kind of humidity. Driving around with an open door sounds like something a man would do. Um, Unless the door got stuck and uh,
0: the female could not unstick it. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it sounds more like a male problem to me.
1: No, it's Amazon.
0: Nevertheless, it's 729 News is next to Rock 102. 7.32 with Bax and O'Brien Rock 102. It's time for news brought to you by Yankee Home Improvement. All month long, receive 40% off installation of windows, doors, and Yankee Home's signature one-day bath system. Always use the keyword Rock 102. Here's local radio icon Steve Nagel.
2: Thanks, Bax. A single-car crash blocked a portion of Center Street in Chicopee this morning near the Springfield City line. Uh, Detective Lieutenant uh, Donna Liska told uh, 22 News three people were inside the vehicle at the time of the crash. That it appears the victims will survive uh t- the 22 news crews saw you ready yeah oh
0: my god we saw police cars and ambulances and fire trucks in the area it was blocking the street it was crazy
1: well we saw that when we got there 40 minutes late
0: then there was one of these big flatbed tow trucks that was called in I don't know what to think.
1: Well, because there's a junkyard there.
0: Well, 40 minutes late, but, you know, you know, the, the studios are very far away from that part of town. They're about four minutes away. Oh, my God, the little red wagon fly, radio flyer that we have couldn't make it down to the area. It's crazy.
2: <laughs> Sounds it. <laughs> Police have charged two 17-year-old boys from West Springfield and Chicopee with murder in connection with the fatal shooting of Miguel Sanchez earlier this month in Holyoke, according to the office of Hamden DA Anthony Galooning. 25-year-old Sanchez of Holyoke was shot in the area of Walnut Street around 9.30 p.m. on August 8th. He later died at Bay State Medical Center. Holyoke Police and State Detectives have charged a Taman Bird of Chicopee and Helen Drew Flores of West Springfield with uh, that murder. Each entered... Uh, mm, each entered, denied the charges. Each of the men denied
1: the charges. <laughs> no, I'm just... Yeah. <laughs> okay.
0: Oh my God, can't yeah, hear uh, these uh, words. Okay. Each inner <laughs> denied the charges. I don't know where my words are going
2: this morning. At their arraignment yesterday in Holyoke District Court, they were ordered held without the right to bail. Bird is scheduled to be back in court on September tw- uh, 24th, and Flores is exp- expected to appear uh, today for a bail argument. The DA's office did not close any information about the investigation, motive, or how Bird and Flores were identified as suspects. It's none
1: of
2: none, none of but. Uh huh. Uh, While working uh, north of the Norwattuck Trail Rail Bridge in uh, Northampton in mid-March, a construction crew noticed a white foam flowing from a drainage pipe, prompting a call to Northampton's Department of Public Works. This uh, call spurred an investigation into the substance, referred to in the city documents as juice waste which was determined to be leaking from the Coca-Cola North America bottling plant into the Connecticut River near Damon Road.
0: Mmm, juice waste. I love juice waste. That sounds lip-smacking. In this kind of
1: heat, a big, tall glass filled with ice
0: poured with juice Mm. Mm. waste. waste. Waste,
1: waste. Waste. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Nothing like
0: sitting around the porch on a hot summer day with a tall, frosty glass of juice waste.
2: The 455,000-square-foot uh, plant produces non-carbonated <laughs> products such as Powerade, Gold, Peak Tea, and vitamin water. In its first year, it produced beverages, including uh, the since-discontinued Fruitopia, Minute Maid Juices to Go, and Nesty Ice Teas.
1: By so, the way, I'm, ju- I'm just laughing because you, the, the story you just did that you read from 22 News, and I'm looking at it right now, mm-hmm. uh, uh, Detective Aliska is not a lieutenant. I, I don't know how... Uh, Twenty-two managed to come up I with I thought that. she got promoted. Uh, even if she did, she would have been a sergeant. But um, she's not a lieutenant. <laughs> so, Listen, okay, they, you, know, you want accuracy all the time. Uh, no, no, not all the time. Once would be nice. <laughs> well, we don't.
0: <laughs> we don't really require that uh, all the time. So. We
1: don't. We don't. But I'd like to think hey. a news organization does. Detective Liska should just be happy they're calling. You know,
2: it's not like they're saying "Lady Cop."
1: No, Lady Cop Donna Liska. Okay, all right. She told me to say hi to you, but now I think I'm going to take it back. I'm sure she.
2: I'm sure she would say hi to me, mm-hmm. but I'm just telling her uh, mm. that uh, you should be happy. They're so, not calling you Lady Cop.
0: So it's it's her telling you that she is not, in fact, a lieutenant.
2: Yeah. Well, I asked. Oh, I see. Yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, that you know that's a good source.
2: I think Lady Cop would be a b- better fit.
0: No, nah, that's not really true.
2: Uh, sugar from such drinks creates high levels of bacteria that would impact the water quality of the Connecticut River uh, more than Yeah, weeks.
1: make it real sweet tasting.
2: Oh, yeah. Oh, it's like the Willy Wonka River of Chocolate.
1: <laughs> you know, I almost drowned in the river the other day, but boy, was that a great taste. It was a tasty drowning. Yeah.
2: More than three weeks after the leak was discovered, Coca-Cola fixed the corroded waste line at its source, uh, but uh, not before the DPW issued two wastewater violations to the plant, according to city documents. The delay was in part because the company claimed it was unable to find evidence pointing the leak to its bottling facility at its origin. Uh, is this pipe that's coming directly out of your factory yours? <laughs> no. no. No.
1: It was there when we got here.
2: <laughs> As that's the,
1: not... That's not my
2: juice. What is it? Juice waste. That's not Uh, my juice waste. As the leak continued, multiple violations were issued, one claiming a violation of a city law regulating discharges into the storm drain system, another claiming a violation of the company's industrial discharge permit. A violation notice was issued by the city. uh, By the city notes, waste was flowing into the river at 8.3 gallons per minute.
1: Am I crazy or is that a lot of... What, what is it called again? Juice waste. Juice waste. That's a lot of juice yeah. waste. Yeah.
2: No fines were ultimately levied against Coca-Cola, the Daily Hampshire Gazette reported, but the penalties for failing to stop the leak could have stretched up to $5,000 per day.
1: If eating sugar all goes to your hips and you get most of your sugar, let's say, from juice, juice would that be juice waste? W- no. A-I-S-T-E? I
0: don't, I don't believe oh, that's... I, I see, see what you're doing there, but I don't, I don't believe they call it yeah. that.
1: They have a diet soda
2: called Waste Watchers. That's just a W-A-I-S-T. Really? Right. Uh, yeah. Very tasty. To is diet, it really? Also drugs.
1: very close to being a ripoff of yeah. Weight Watchers.
2: Wow, well, that's to be determined. <laughs> By a court, probably. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, no, it's uh, it, it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, you know, we should uh, be embracing the fact that the Connecticut River is filled with sweets. Yeah.
1: At least now if you drown, you won't be fat. <laughs> What is but it? you a, could rot your teeth out. Mm, That's mo- something to consider.
2: A moment on the lips is a lifetime on the hips. Yeah. <laughs> Stay out of the Connecticut River. <laughs> uh, here's a good question. Should your employer cover your air conditioning at home?
0: That would be awesome. Yeah, for uh, starters. What? I know.
1: So, in other words, if you're working remotely from home, yeah, uh, mm-hmm. like I did, like, let's say, last summer. Um how do you differentiate your electricity bill to the to the hours that you were working? Yeah,
2: I don't understand how you would break that down because your kilowatt hours. I mean, I guess yeah. you could figure out how many kilowatt hours you're using between 9 and 5 or whatever your workday is supposed right. to be.
1: Yeah, or maybe like if you have a nest and you know it's obviously on for because you're home you you might be able to figure that out but uh yeah i don't uh, i don't believe your employer should be responsible for your air conditioning bill
2: in a new survey 59% of people say the employee should or the employer should cover it while 22% said it's something you should pay for since it's your own home how many said they should 59% oh my
1: god i'm actually some, that's well, a very high number i can't you write off uh,
2: Write off a home office expense at the end of the year only it- if
1: it's a part of the house that's being used exclusive, exclusively as the office. With yeah. a, with a lot of these remote people, they're you know they're using kitchen tables, they're using beds, they're using uh, parts of the house that they use all day anyway.
0: Plus, you know, it, it, they also changed a few years ago. The, uh, the unreimbursed business expense, mm. uh, you know, write off too. So you don't, you can't necessarily write everything off.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, there are a lot of people that are into this remote work so much that they are willing to take a pay cut mm. in order to be able to keep doing it, let alone try to have your employer pay for some of your household bills because you're working from home. It's a, it's, it's a privilege. I think, in many cases, to be able to work from home. Not necessarily for medical issues, but if, if employers decide to allow people to go and work from home, it's a privilege. Don't I can't imagine saying, hey, would you pay for my heat or pay for my AC? Well, for those who think the employer should cover
2: it, the top reasons include working from home isn't something planned, so appropriate measures need to be put in place for comfort, and it's more difficult to work in hot conditions. That's the argument.
1: Yeah, well, that's why you have air conditioning, but that doesn't necessarily mean they have to pay for it. Well, why should you work in a hot work environment? You won't. You have air conditioning. They're just simply trying to get somebody else to pay for
2: it. 61% of people say workers are entitled to the same working conditions as when they're at the office, and 48% said they would be willing to contribute to the cost of running the AC so the employer wouldn't have to foot the whole bill. (laughs) 61%. we're already picking up a good portion of your health insurance, and now you want uh, AC money?
1: You know, it's just like I said. You know, they they're obligated for the for the health insurance, and that's understandable. But if you're doing something at home, if you're working at home and doing the kinds of things that you would be doing on a Saturday or Sunday, you know, whether it's groceries or uh, or heat or air conditioning. Or any of those things. It's just like, look, you're you're home, and you're working from home, and that stuff is going to be getting done anyway. It just might not be done for as many hours of the day, but you know, we're not paying for it. Listen, we can barely get good,
0: usable air conditioning here in the actual office.
1: Yeah, and I am not a, a normal defender of employers, but this one's a little stupid. There was a
2: uh, time when a career in junk meant that you were the garbage man. And uh, now people can earn a living by doing garage sales on eBay, upcycling old stuff on Etsy, picking antiques from hoarders, and buying abandoned storage units in the hopes of uncovering valuables. Except for that one out in, uh, near Worcester.
1: Yeah, that was mm.
2: And now a 32-year-old mother of four in Dallas has been able to quit her full-time job because she's making around 1000 bucks a week dumpster diving. Her name is Tiffany Cherie, and she uh, first got into the dumpster diving after watching some YouTube videos about it back in 2016. She mostly targets commercial trash like the dumpsters behind stores like Victoria's Secret, Bed Bath & Beyond, Party City, and Ulta. Sometimes they toss uh, newer return merchandise that they can't sell for whatever reason. So she looks for anything she could sell and apparently makes enough to support her family.
1: It's like me going to get the uh, day-old donuts that get tossed out behind the donut shop.
2: What what about the uh, the day old muffin uh, stumps?
1: Well, those too.
2: But look at
1: laying a bear claw.
0: <laughs> I mean, all I can think of is if uh, if Fred Sanford were alive today. Oh, yeah. God rest his soul. The guy would be you know a millionaire today. Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, dumpster diving is technically not illegal, but a lot of dumpsters are on private property, and if there are no trespassing signs, the store could come after you, and you could be fined. I said it's unlikely that anyone really cares that if as long as you don't damage anything and you don't make a mess.
1: And yet we we've, we've heard the story. I remember the story because I checked with uh, uh, chief Jeb to see if this was true uh, of somebody getting charged in Chigabee for dumping stuff into a commercial dumpster mm-hmm. which is illegal. But yet picking out of a dumpster is not Well, uh
0: Again. Well, actually, would aren't you trespassing at that point? Well, yeah. that's what he said. You
1: know, by being on private property, it would be it could be considered something different. But to have a, he made it sound like there is a specific charge for putting things in another person's dumpster. But if, if that's the case, then why would taking things? Although, you know, it's like, uh, but the private property thing really means a lot. Uh, it's like when people put their trash out, if the cops go into your trash to try to find evidence, they can do that once the barrels are down at the street. Yeah. Because your intention is obviously to throw it away.
2: It's on the tree belt. This is legal evidence. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So, I I, I don't hmm. know.
2: Well, I, but the, the thing that I would say is that, uh, yeah, the private property thing kind of seals the deal on the illegal part. But what about the fact that you're stealing money from the company who's paying for that dumpster? If you're paying... If the company is paying, let's say, $300 a week or whatever to have this dumpster removed and you're overfilling it to the point where they can't put any more in there, Mm -hmm. they're now paying for your junk versus theirs. So that technically would be the illegal part, I would
1: think. You'd think so, yeah. Mm -hmm. But I do it all the time. I used to dump all kinds of illegal things in a dumpster. I didn't dump illegal things, but I... I had things I knew the the, the garbage men weren't going to take, and I would oh, be like, yeah. "Okay, well, I'll just take this to some business." But now people are locking their dumpsters.
0: I know, and that's you know that's ridiculous. I mean, you know, how? Where am I? If you lock your dumpster, where am I going to supposed to, you know, get rid of uh, you know, all of my toxins? I put it next to the dumpster. Yeah, I don't know. It's not toxins week. I don't think.
1: And uh, let alone the locks. Now they all got cameras too.
2: Uh, Your Pioneer Valley forecast today, going to be hot, hazy, and humid with a high of 91 tomorrow. Actually, pretty nice. Cool with a uh, high of only 75. It is 73
1: right now in downtown Springfield. I'm Steve.
0: Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock at 753 and Journey on Rock 102. Uh,
1: One more day of uncomfortable heat and humidity today. Uh, Sunshine and the chance of an afternoon thunderstorm with a high of 91 and a big change for tomorrow. Uh, Partly sunny. A high of only 76, and I believe the humidity is going away as well. But uh, it's actually 76 right now in downtown Springfield.
0: The Dead and Company are coming to the Xfinity Theater in Hartford on September 5th. Tickets are on sale at LiveNation.com. I got to tell you that uh, ticket holders must provide proof of full vaccination or a negative COVID-19 diagnostic test within 48 hours prior to entry. How they do that? That's their business. All I can tell you is if you uh, if you meet all of that criteria and you can be the 10th caller right now at 293-1021, you will win a pair of tickets to see the Deading Company on September 5th in Hartford.
1: So I don't remember where she started this morning. Uh, Katrina, Kin- Katrina Kincaid on 22. Is, is that the, Ruben's kid? Uh, no, I believe it is a different uh, faction of the Kincaid family. Uh, she's their live reporter. Most mornings they have her out somewhere and I forget where she was at, uh, at five or five 30, but, uh, they had her go over to center street so that the last story or the last break at seven 30, uh, she was there. There was a one car crash earlier this morning, about five 55 or so, uh, one car crash and, So at 7.30, while she's doing the report there, the car is being put onto uh, the tow truck. This car, I mean, uh, witnesses said they saw the vehicle doing about 90 miles an hour. Uh, Center Street is a long straightaway. And uh, and apparently the
0: vehicle... (laughs) But not really designed to go 90 miles an hour.
1: Well, you know, if you're a professional or probably not doing things in the car, you shouldn't be doing. So you can take your eyes off the road or driving a Tesla. Um, so four people in the car, no life-threatening injuries, you can see the car hit a pole. So the entire passenger door is concaved, obviously in the shape of the pole. And, uh, and they said that, uh, one passenger was ejected and another one got out and ran. So it'll be uh, it'll be interesting huh. to find out where this investigation Cause you, goes.
0: Because you know, running from an accident like yeah. that, uh, well, is suspicious. It's to me. shock. I was in shock. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't discount the importance and significance of shock, but it sounds, you know, from me, uh, the outside looking in, mm. suspicious. Yeah. Well, I, you know, the the roof is off the car. Obviously, the firefighters
1: did that to extricate him. But, but if, you, if you look at the, they showed the damage, like the whole front of the car is broken off and several feet in front of the car from, uh, from where the point of impact was. I, I can't imagine driving at that speed. I'm going to make a little bit of an assumption here to say that if one of the passengers ran from the scene, right there might have been some suspicious activity among these people. And those are generally not the kind of people who put on seatbelts. So I'm thinking you're in a car doing 90 miles an hour not wearing seatbelts. I don't care how many airbags there are in the vehicle. That's
0: that's scary. I'm going to make a bold statement here. And uh, you can either uh, jump aboard this bandwagon or fight me on it. But in my opinion, apart from the Munich house, there's nothing in downtown Chicopee worth driving 90 miles an hour
1: for. Well, I mean, we don't even know that they were going to Chickabee. This is pretty f- separated from downtown Chickabee.
0: I know. I get you. But yeah. you know, if I'm looking at either of the destinations uh, within downtown Chickabee, and again, a lot of assumptions going on there, as good as the Munich house is, I'm not sure I need to go at 90 miles an hour to get a good parking space. Well, you don't know why you'd be doing it anyway at 5.50 in the morning. Maybe to get uh, maybe I got an early morning reservation. Uh, okay. Just again, you yeah, you don't yeah. have to follow. Oh, me I'm, on not. It. I'm not. I'm not. I think it's a ridiculous thought. It might be, but Munich House is awful
1: good. Uh, yeah, and I don't believe that's where the passenger ran to. He well, wasn't like he gets out of the car and he's like, I'm gonna I gotta finish this this journey.
0: Yeah, well I don't I don't think they open till eleven. So you, you, you might be right about that. But I mean, you know, it is the Munich house. Mm. <laughs> I do, do love that the dressing. It's seven fifty eight with Bax and O'Brien a rock. <laughs> Rock 102, Springfield's Classic Rock. It's eight eleven, and Joan Jett on Rock 102. One more hot day. That's all we got
1: to endure. Well, in this heat wave, uh, today's high 91 with the chance of an afternoon thunderstorm and then a big change uh, tomorrow is going to be sunny and I believe the humidity goes away and the high of only 76, which is already where we're at right now. So uh, another one of these stories I read earlier this morning where I Try to decide whether I can be sympathetic or not, but uh, a Polk County, Florida woman battling COVID in the hospital came home to a horrifying scene involving her husband. It was like walking into a horror movie, and I wish I had never seen him like that because I can't get the picture out of my head. She found her husband dead from COVID. Right. The husband had been diagnosed at a walk-in clinic a week and a half before. Since then, he didn't seem that severe, so... He was sent home with medication to recuperate. She, meanwhile, had a much more serious case of COVID, so she was in the hospital. She said, I thought I was going to die. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't stop throwing up. It's like you don't have any bones in your body. You can't move. You're just that weak. She was exhausted, exhausted from the struggle. Uh, About a week after about a week, during one of the couple's phone conversations, uh, Ron told Lisa by phone, that his phone was not holding a charge. And the following day she called him, but she didn't get an answer. So she called the police to do a well-being check. And when they did, everything seemed to be okay. Now, this is where the story gets a little foggy because it's like, all right, well, you know, what happened? Uh, Two days later, Lisa was released from the hospital. And when she got home, her husband was dead. They said he died of COVID problems because they know he had COVID. They don't know if he had a heart attack from the COVID or an embolism. They don't know the COVID. Uh, neither of them had been vaccinated by their choice. And now she plans to get the shot. It's just, it's amazing. I'm watching this every night. Mm-hmm. Every night, I hear another medical uh, person, a nurse or a doctor say, a large percent, I don't remember the number, but the large percentage of people now dying from COVID are unvaccinated. And a good percentage of those in their last hours are asking for the vaccine and being told that it's too late. <clears throat> there was a story on the Today Show this morning in Houston. The hospitals are so loaded down there, they're yep. so full. Ambulances pull into the emergency room bays and sit there for hours with the patient in the back of the ambulance, usually on oxygen, and they're long enough that the oxygen tanks run out. The, The EMT has to run into the hospital, get another oxygen tank, and they sit in the ambulance for hours with COVID. Imagine if you're taken to the hospital for a heart attack or an injury, and your ambulance can't even get to one of the bays because of all of this yeah
0: well i mean listen you can you can cite these examples one after another and it's hard to really imagine when you uh as someone who is vaccinated you, you to imagine why you wouldn't get vaccinated but i understand that people feel uh you know a certain way ab- uh, about it and I mean, I theoretically they were in their rights to do that, but you know, I mean, it's all we've got. It's all we've got to really fight this thing, and the way to fight this thing is to have more people vaccinated than we have. And you're right, you know, a lot of people who who have gotten sick, gravely ill, are are now saying, "Hey, is it too late?" Yeah. In some cases, it is. I mean, yeah. if, if, if and in other cases, you know, once you get better, you can have the uh, the vaccination, and hopefully, you don't get it a second time. But I don't know, man. I, I, I hear these stories and I kind of shake my head and going, I, I just, I don't fully understand how people feel. I want, I want to be, I want to be apathetic because there are a lot of people that can't get it because of their, uh, of their particular conditions. And, and, and I get And I'm that. apathetic to every one of those people. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. But the people that are defiantly doing it to make a political statement, I can't, relate to that and i uh, and any more than they can relate to my decision to get the vaccine but then you know also um it's not surprising
1: to hear people who are in support of the vaccine being miffed and perplexed by these individuals who won't get it and and but by the same token okay i'm saying I don't know why you people wouldn't want to get it. I don't know if I can feel sympathetic uh, for someone who defiantly refused the vaccine and then got sick. I am not, however, attacking anybody for their beliefs. No. And and if you hear America again, after nine o'clock, or you heard it earlier this morning, there's a restaurant in Massachusetts out in Lynn where the owner decided that all the customers and the staff have to be masked. And, They put this notice out and they get completely trolled on Facebook for making this policy of saying, you know, why are you making me wear a mask to come into your restaurant? And and, but they're being nasty about it. I mean, there's a lot of people that were writing some really nasty things. And she wrote a very entertaining uh, but yet serious response to the people who refuse to get vaccinated or
0: refuse to wear masks. The thing that's that's ironic about uh, having certain political points of view is the inability to understand that other people are entitled entitled to their points of view as well. How many times have you seen these videos of people berating uh, those who are who are being compliant? People who are just you know the only thing they're doing is wearing their mask. They're not complaining about people who aren't wearing their mask. They're just showing up a place and someone who's not wearing a mask starts berating them. And it's on it's on video. Well, you know, the thing is, the 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 rights you have that you are citing to not get vaccinated or wearing a masks, uh, wearing a mask are the same kind of rights that someone has when they do want to get vaccinated or they do want to wear their mask to be compliant and to be critical of someone's choices that way you know it just digs that divide deeper and deeper i mean i've seen I, we were out uh, you know last night at a, at a store and there were plenty of people not wearing masks i wasn't going to go up to them and start screaming at them no that's that's their business were you wearing a mask uh yes i was wearing a mask did anybody come up and start screaming at you no Good. that thankfully yeah. well in in all fairness you know massachusetts and, and and especially new england and a lot of the northeast are very different than what you're seeing in other parts of the country. Mm-hmm. You know, there are more people who are getting vaccinated up here than there are, say, like in Florida or in, in you know the Southwest or whatever. I mean, just they're out there. It's very, very different. And geographically speaking, you can you can track the differences. But it's like I, I just don't I just don't get where you feel you have the right to be critical of someone's choice about their own health care and cite your choice in health care as the reason that you're angry. The uh, schools, in many
1: cases, I believe Massachusetts and Connecticut now, will be requiring masks of, uh, of all students and staff when school reopens, if it hasn't already, and in many places it has. But they did a story uh, on 22, 22 News earlier this morning that I found kind of interesting. All high school athletes uh, that play indoor sports... Will have to be masked during practices and games, and and it includes um, cheerleaders, which is kind of interesting. I mean, for the most part, if you're having a conversation with somebody and you're both wearing masks and you're standing a couple of feet away from each other, it's not that hard to hear them. But if you're, you know, many many feet away in a large cavernous gym, let's say. Uh, and and even eight or ten or twelve cheerleaders are all speaking or yelling in unison. It's going to be a little bit muffled. Yeah,
0: but have you ever been to a sporting event and the cheerleaders start cheering and you said to the guy next to you, "Shh, I'm trying to hear what they are saying."
1: No, but many times you can hear what they're saying. But now all of a sudden, it's like uh, it's like twelve or ten little
0: Kenny's from uh, South Park <laughs> all standing there. Trying to cheer, calling for defense. I, I've never told someone to pipe down because I'm just not hearing. With how, yeah. how how are they spreading their spirit? Well, are they spelling yeah. it correctly? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then, and what about those pom poms? Why are they not masked? You know, I, I uh, it, it's funny. I I, I saw uh, something online about you know FDA approval. How people don't want to get the vaccine because it doesn't really have FDA FDA approval. Basically, what they have done is they've extended the emergency use of of the vaccines but nevertheless you know th- the FDA you know is also the same uh, agency that allows a certain amount of you know rat poop in food or uh <laughs> you know insects to be in peanut butter you know like oh. that that kind of thing like you know where we, I don't want to take the vaccine cuz the FDA that approves how many rat hairs can or pigs testicles can be in a hot dog. They, I don't want to put something that might be dangerous into my body.
1: Well, it's like the other, the people who were also against the vaccine because they believed that, uh, somewhere in the research of it or in the creation of it, some type of, uh, uh aborted embryos were. I, I forget what it was. Exactly. It had something to do with uh, human life and, and the the abortion issue—I forget what it was—but I mean, people are finding all different kinds of reasons to to be against this. Yeah. But the, the the stories that you are hearing day after day after day of these people that are sick and dying and then begging for the vaccine after they had spent months railing about it—I I just that those are the hardest ones to have sympathy for. I, I like understand. you said before, the people who can't take it for whatever reason—if you can't take it. You have all my sympathy. If you choose not to take it,
0: I I don't. Yeah, you know, but, but but again, that goes back to my my earlier point. If you choose not to take it, that may be your choice. But it has also been my choice to take it, and I am equally, uh, I, I am uh, equally uh, entitled entitled to have made that decision. Yeah. So to be critical of my decision any more than I'm critical of your decision. It doesn't make any sense to me well it, 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 it simply uh, your decision
1: it. to get it will have no effect on them. Their decision to not get it could very well have an effect on you or your family or yeah, somebody which, else,
0: which is kind of what we said yesterday yeah. it, you know it it's the difference between me and all the rest of you. you know it's like you know i I happen to care about other people other than myself, so I got it, so you got to work
1: on that what not not try not caring about other people well it's, I it's
0: uh, I'm not I'm not saying all
1: people yeah. but there
0: are certain people that I happen to care quite about uh, quite a lot about oh well I have that too but I mean for everyone else not nah. <laughs> yes but in order for all of us to get beyond this more of us have to be uh falling in line yeah it's uh, 823 with Bax and O'Brien to rock 102. attention to we it's 825 with Bax and O'Brien to rock 102. Oh, boy. I know you uh, saw the story that uh, Paul Stanley of KISS has died. Been, uh, no, he's been oh. diagnosed with COVID. Oh, oh, oh. He's still in uh, fine shape, and hopefully he'll be fine. Do we know if he's vaccinated? I don't know. Probably, uh, Probably not vaccinated because he's been so busy on tour. Mm, but that
1: would seemingly be a very good reason to be vaccinated.
0: Yes, well, I'm sure that's true, but uh, the farewell tour has been uh, temporarily postponed.
1: Well, let's hope the farewell was only in reference to not touring again. Yes, well, that's As that's opposed it. to Charlie Watts' farewell tour.
0: Yeah, it's not the same kind of farewell. Well, that's a good thing. By the way, the Rolling Stones are going to continue to tour with or without Charlie Watts. Well, they put like a like an animatronic... Charlie Watts no, they behind actually, the drums? No, they actually hired a guy because, if you recall, Charlie had been uh, ill and said he wasn't going to tour uh-huh. with the Stones, and, and so they, they found another guy. So you know, it, uh, so that guy is going to cont- uh, continue to tour with the Stones, uh, and the band will go on without Charlie.
1: It's kind of weird, though, to do it, to have him die in the middle of a tour. That's, well, it, I mean, that's, but, uh, ag- uh, but again,
0: it, you know, he wasn't going to tour. Mm-hmm. because oh, of, I know of that. The health reasons. Yeah. But, but it's but happened still. it's happened where you know bands have lost a member in the middle of a tour for any number of reasons uh, the least of which is a uh, disease related. Well,
1: it's like, "Oh, and we're running a commercial for uh, where are they coming to?" Is it uh Symphony Hall, I think, Chicago. Yes, Chicago is coming. You know, the band has had half the population of the city in it <laughs> over the course of the last 30 years. Uh, the fact that a group of uh, musicians have been able to keep that name uh,
0: how many people are still there Uh let's see I'm looking on Wikipedia it, it, this a good deal of the original members are no longer with the Yeah band. I would I would imagine um you won't find Peter Cetera there and I I think good. you can all breathe a sigh of relief yeah. from that. but uh, Yeah there's I mean there's a couple of the, uh, the old dudes that are still around yeah, you know, the James Pankow, the uh, the Walter uh, Perezader, uh, Robert Land—they're still with the band. They haven't left. They're still. They'll still be there. It's like it's like I saw uh,
1: Johnny Six Gun again last night at Court Square. They had that show. Uh, meanwhile, the uh, Trailer Trash concert at Forest Park was canceled by the city because of the heat. But um, Johnny Six Guns got eleven members, and and it's like holy cow.
0: How do you how do you split like uh, five hundred bucks and all that I free know. beer between eleven members? I don't know. I would think, uh, hey, uh, could we maybe knock off a guy or two? Well, they didn't.
1: Oh, they didn't always have that. He used to. There was, I think, he said there were there were six. Then they put a horn section in, and now his daughter is joined as well. So, uh,
0: it, so it is Johnny a, Eleven Gun. It's a big band that needs a big stage. Gotcha. Well, eight thirty one. But and O'Brien, Rock 102, it's time for news. Brought to you by Servio Locksmith. They got a key for that. Filling in for Steve is John O'Brien.
1: Thanks, Bax. A single-car crash blocked a portion of Center Street in Chigabee this morning near the Springfield City line. Uh, Springfield spoke—I'm sorry, Chigabee police spokesperson Donna Liska told 22 News that three people were inside the vehicle at the time of the crash. She said it appears that the victims will all survive. No life-threatening injuries on anyone. Uh, multiple police cars, ambulances, and fire engines were there at the time. Uh, there were reports also that one of the occupants was ejected and another one ran from the scene. That one, I would say, was the least
0: injured. Probably, yeah. but the one who clearly had the most to lose. Uh,
1: when you when you can run from a – uh, if you see the footage of this car, it went into a pole. Witnesses said it had been doing 90 miles an hour uh, before the crash. And, uh, if, if somebody could have gotten, cause the other ones, some of the other ones had to be extricated. The, 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 roof was cut off, but somebody was, uh, flexible enough to work themselves out of that car. Of course, I don't know that it wasn't the one who was ejected as well. How's the pole looking? Uh, they didn't even show it. They didn't show the pole. You imagine that you're ejected in a crash and you're. And I'm, I'm making an assumption here. I don't know which passenger it was that ran. Mm. But, you know, if it were the one who was ejected, you're so uninjured. 90-mile-an-hour crash into a pole. Car completely destroyed. You're thrown from it.
0: And no injuries. You get pretty, up and you run. Yeah, it's pretty remarkable. You know, I've never been ejected from a car, but I have been dejected in a car.
1: I've been ejected from houses i've been ejected from buildings i've mm-hmm. been ejected from parties yeah. i've been ejected from relationships but no no no
0: never never from a car
1: eh, i got something to look forward to i guess
0: well i don't think it's something to look forward to i just think it uh you know you just gotta be you gotta be careful and wear your seatbelt. Mm, i guess uh massachusetts governor charlie baker has ordered flags
1: at all state buildings to be lowered to half staff in honor of Starting on Monday, in honor of the members of the U.S. military killed in Kabul, Afghanistan, they will be lowered to half-staff until sunset. Two suicide bombers and gunmen near the Hamid Karzai International Airport yesterday uh, blew themselves up, killing at least 90, 95 Afghans and 13 U.S. service members. It was the deadliest day for the American military in that nation in the past 10 years. Uh, President Biden said, we will rescue the Americans, we will get our Afghan al- allies out, and our mission will go on. The governor's order applies to all state buildings in the Commonwealth, as I said, from sunset or sunrise to sunset, um, starting on Monday the 30th. This includes main administration buildings of each public institution, including town and city halls, state-owned or state-controlled buildings, and all state military installations, mm. including... That piece of crap courthouse. Uh, State Representative Bud Williams worked in the Roderick, Ireland courthouse as a probation officer for 32 years and sees just one solution to the rapidly spreading mold that forced the building's closure earlier this week. And it involves a wrecking ball? He said the only thing is a new courthouse. Nothing else matters. The mold has a grip on the courthouse. Other legislators agree the sole solution to the building, which has been plagued with poor ventilation, leaks and mold for years, is to tear it down and build a new one. Williams said he sent a letter to Governor Baker asking for an emergency order to replace the courthouse. If granted, it would accelerate the process and cut through a lot of red tape to to replace the building.
0: I just remember the last time I was in the courthouse was for my divorce, and I felt sick that day, too. Oh,
1: well, you see, I'm sure it wasn't mold. Uh, The courts are are under the purview of the Massachusetts trial court, but the governor's office has been in touch with the agency to discuss this particular issue. Uh, Officials did not respond to specific questions about the request for an emergency order. Williams said he can name three or four colleagues who have died young or of different ailments, including lung disease. And, of course, he's speaking uh, among them of former Judge Robert Coomer and William Boyle. On Wednesday, the DA announced he was pulling his staff out of the building. Anthony Galluni did that uh, when the mold was found spreading on walls, furniture, law books, uh, an American flag, and even a microphone. A few hours later, Registrar of Deeds, uh, Cheryl Coakley-Rivera, also withdrew her staff.
0: You know, uh, Anthony said it yesterday. He's absolutely right, and, and and it's nothing that we haven't said a million times. You know, if this had been in Boston, this building would have been replaced by now. I said yesterday that if this had been in Boston, it would have been replaced twice in the last 20 if years. If it was in
1: Worcester, it would have been replaced.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and in be- fact, Worcester has a new courthouse. And yet, in, in despite that information, here you have this courthouse, which is already known as the busiest courthouse in the state of Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And nobody in Boston is willing to acknowledge the fact that the busiest courthouse in the state is a festering petri dish of disease. Oh, they'll
1: acknowledge it. They're just not going to do anything about
0: it. Yeah, but for all the the enormous multi-million dollar uh, construction projects that the state fronts money for, a new courthouse in Springfield has never been among them. Well, don't say we haven't thought about
1: it because for years, the trial court has done environmental tests and studies about the courthouse And had meeting after meeting about the problems, but nothing seems to get accomplished. That's uh, a quote from Angelo Pupolo, who's also in agreement with Bud Williams, as is John Velas. Most of the Western Mass delegation... And those guys are all about accomplishments. Yeah. the, The trial court is responsible for courthouses and has a capital budget for building maintenance and replacement. If more money is needed, the entire Western Massachusetts delegation will work together to get it done. That's, again, from uh, from Pupelo. Uh, Eric Lesser also used the word unconscionable to describe the situation, and he said he has met with the Environmental Advisory Committee for the Springfield
0: Court Complex to press for action. Has he met uh, with them since Galuni took his people out of the office? Uh, it doesn't, doesn't say when. Because you know what? I mean, to me, that is the most telling thing. That's been done so far. Your your own DA is saying this building is not safe for my people to operate in. It's not safe for there to be justice met in this building. It needs to come down. It needs to be replaced.
1: The courts are already facing a long backlog of trials because of the pandemic, not to mention adding to that the uh, situation at the Eastfield Mall, which where the courts are temporarily, excuse me. Temporarily located, and they had to be closed down because of mold issues. City Councilor Sean Curran, who is a former state representative and a lawyer, filed a bill in 2013 to study solutions to the problem from the courthouse. It never made it through the, the, through the Senate, and then he left in 2014.
0: Probably oh. out of disgust.
1: Yeah, more than likely. It is, uh, it is pretty ridiculous.
0: It just it just goes to show, you know, we are the have-nots of this state in Western Mass. But we're the smartest. Massachusetts was named the
1: state with the highest level of education in the United States. In a study, we are followed by Colorado, get a load of this, Vermont, mm-hmm. and New Hampshire. Vermont, yeah.
0: number three highest educated. Well, you think about it. Uh, Vermont, mostly filled with people who have left Massachusetts, (laughs) you know, and they all are, uh, you know, you know, like former UMass students who bought their Birkenstocks and, and, uh, and flannel now headed up North,
1: not a state, not a single state South of Virginia ranked in the top 20, uh, state by state comparisons don't tell the whole story as research indicates there are large variations, not just in regional education, but within states themselves. Uh, the company that did this study broke down research into small, mid size, and large cities and suggested that Cambridge is the number one most educated small city and Boston has the 12th highest educated rates out of 55 large cities. So, once again, uh, Western Massachusetts is no way contributing to this at all. No, of course not. Or, or anything else. The, uh, let's see. The, the study also used data on self-assessed value of higher education. And uh, they identified the cities that have the highest level of education calculating a score. Oh, no, I'm not going to tell you how the whole thing is figured out. But that's what they got. Massachusetts right up there on the top of the list. Here's an, uh, an interesting idea being done in California. Frustrated by out-of-control cr- uh, price increases, cost increases in drug overdose deaths, California leaders are trying something radical. They want to start paying people to stay sur- uh, sober. The federal government okay. has been doing it for years with military veterans. And research shows it's one of the most effective ways to get people to stop using drugs like cocaine and methamphetamine or stimulants for which there are no pharmaceutical treatments available. It works like this. People earn small incentives or payments for every negative drug test over a certain period of time. Well, how much are they getting paid? Most people who complete the treatment without any positive tests can earn a few hundred dollars. And it's usually on a gift card. Hopefully not on their visa. So you can't just get it in cash where you might spend it on drugs. Right. It's called contingency management. Uh, Governor Newsom asked the federal government for permission to use tax dollars to pay for it through Medicaid, the joint federal and state health insurance program. Meanwhile, a similar proposal is moving through California's Democratic-controlled legislature. Uh, How much would it cost depends on how many people participate. A program covering a thousand people could cost as much as two hundred and eighty six thousand dollars, which is a pittance for California overall.
0: Right. Um Now let me, let me ask you this. Let's say uh, let's say I agree to do this program. I've had a little bit of a you know, let's say I've dabbled a little bit and uh I go a couple months, I get my payment, but all of a sudden I have like a really bad couple of weeks. Well it's Probably going to happen.
1: Lots can, of people relapse.
0: Yes, I know. And that, but my question is, can I get back on? Prob, prob. I don't know. I mean, like you know, once you're once you're in the club, but then you step away for a little bit, then you're back yeah. in the sobriety club. Do they reward that?
1: Well, I mean, it's not really much different from rehab. You can go to rehab several times, and uh, yeah, they says, let you in.
0: Yeah, but they, but no one's paying me. Yeah. That's, that's the difference.
1: Tyrone Clifford, who was addicted to meth, enrolled because they promised to pay him for every negative test he took for 12 weeks. His first payment <clears throat> was $2. That increased slightly with each subsequent negative test for a total of $330. I thought I can do 12 weeks. I've done this before when my dealer was in jail. <laughs> when I'm done, <laughs> this is his quote, when I'm done... I'll have $330 to get high with. <laughs> he did make it through the program without a positive test, but yeah. instead of using the money to buy more drugs, he actually bought a laptop computer so he could go back to school, and he has not used meth in 11 years and now
0: works as a counselor for one of these programs. All right, well, there's a, yeah. there's one success story, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure. It was at least honest. Of- Thousands of others who have spent that money on more drugs.
1: Who is at least honest to talk about how his intention in going into the program was to get clean just long enough to buy more drugs. So you gotta,
0: you gotta give him credit for his honesty. Well, how many weeks would you be so drug sick uh, that you can, you know? I mean, how how long can you last yeah. if, before you make a make a change? Depends on how bad your habit is. I guess. A federal court ruled ruled this
1: month that uh, evidence of drugs obtained by police from a package at a FedEx sorting center was not seized unconstitutionally, rejecting a defendant's argument that the seizure violated his Fourth Amendment rights. At the center of the decision is a little-known agreement between law enforcement that allows the police to seize packages at, and it's not just FedEx, it's any of these shipping places. They can seize the packages at the sorting centers. Police are are permitted to take packages only if a drug dog indicates that it might have contraband in it. Then, excuse me, well, first, individual cops determine which packets merit attention to bring the dog over to that package. Because the dog's not sitting there sniffing every package. There has to be some kind of reason, uh, suspicion. And uh, and allows the police to zero in on that person's property. Then the cops dress up as FedEx delivery men and deliver the package. And once it's accepted, that person is arrested. Interesting. Yeah.
0: I always found it uh, intriguing that we're using uh, the mail and other such delivery services to send out our drugs. Yeah. Why not? I don't know. I mean, I guess, you know, for me, just, uh, you know, I'd almost rather deliver them myself because I know I'm getting the job. You know, if you want a job done, right. You got to yeah. do it yourself. Well, if you're moving
1: enough product, you don't have the opportunity or the time. Yeah, but I have a better, be that.
0: Ch- I got a better chance of, uh, of avoiding the dug- the drug sniffing dogs. Such was the case with Herbert green, who
1: had his package singled out at a FedEx sorting center after the Kansas city police noticed a return label from Brownsville, Texas. That's a source for illegal narcotics, the officer said, and he was further interested by the parcel's glued seams and the fact that it was a moving box. That got his attention right away, he said, also uh, because of the material, which is well suited for shipping drugs. Upon removing the package from the conveyor belt, the cop had the dog inspect it. She indicated it did have drugs. So he took the package from the FedEx center and had another detective dressed as a FedEx employee bring it to Harold Green's house where officers were monitoring the premises. After Green returned to his apartment, he placed the box inside and was arrested by police in a nearby parking lot shortly thereafter, prior to any of them knowing what was in the package. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. They're looking for yeah, you, man. man. I'll tell you what, it's just that they've, they've
0: made the drug trade so much more complicated.
1: But it, but it is kind of, you know, now I'm going to start looking at every one of those FedEx drivers and UPS drivers and Amazon drivers. Hey, you a cop? You have to tell me you know. No, wait a minute. That's for hookers uh, <laughs> or drug I, dealers. Are you undercover yeah. right now? Yeah. The uh, Tucket Pequot Tribal Nation in Connecticut is considering opening a cannabis retail operation near the Foxwoods Resort. The trade publication Leafly reported on Monday that Foxwoods plans to open a mega dispensary larger than 25,000 square feet as early as next spring. This does not surprise me. <coughs> uh, the chairman of the tribal nation told the Hartford Current legislation enacted by the General Assembly and Governor Lamont allowing recreational marijuana in the state recognizes the inherent sovereign rights of Native American tribes. And the ability for the state to enter into a compact with the tribes that would build a more collaborative working relationship. Um, in February, the Pequots asked state lawmakers to consider including in cannabis legislation authorization for the state and the tribes to enter into one of these compacts.
0: So, would, would, they, would they still have to comply to to state law? I would. I would guess so. If, if Even a, if
1: it's on sovereign land, I would guess so, and that's probably what part of the compact is all about, so that they can uh, they can both come to agreement on what it is. But yeah,
0: Foxwoods going to build a mega dispensary. It's going to look like an IKEA for cannabis. Maybe. Yeah, maybe every every bag of weed comes with like vague instructions and an Allen wrench. It's a cool idea, though. Get uh, get some
1: weed. now. I wonder. Uh, I think there's still smoking allowed in some places of the Connecticut casinos. I wonder
0: if you'll be able to smoke marijuana. I'm going to guess you probably can't. I don't know. If they That's, allow smoking. That, yeah. I mean, you could probably take your edibles. You could probably take your, uh, oh, yeah, you
1: know, er, everything else. There's but, plenty of ways to get high. Oh, yeah. But uh, uh, I, I don't know. That uh, doesn't surprise me, man. I don't know if I like the idea of getting high and then gambling. I mean, I've said it before. I'd love to open a dispensary across the street from MGM. You know, I mean, here here you have the casino itself actually building uh, a dispensary, but I'd like to have one across the street from MGM.
0: Well, you practically do now. Not yet. Well, I mean, you know, it is uh, you know, just a oh, yeah, but I mean, short walk
1: over. Yeah, yeah, if you don't mind walking across an interstate highway. You're I mean, walking underneath it. Yeah, I I would want there's a building directly across the street, right on Main Street, that actually was being considered at one time, uh, and now it's not. But you know, like the CVS, let me have a piece of that CVS. (laughs) Turn it into a dispensary. Yeah, with the C stands for cannabis. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Right there you go. Uh, Cannabis very special. The Rock 102 Pioneer Valley forecast one more day of uncomfortable heat and humidity with a high going up to 91 today. And then tomorrow, a big change, Uh, partly sunny with a high of only 76. It's already 77 in downtown Springfield at Rock 102.
0: Hi, I'm Mike Moriarty of Rock 102 Springfield's Classic Rock. It's 8.56 and Tom Petty on Rock 102. Here's uh,
1: an email I just got. Okay. I'm writing to you something that been meaning to tell you. You need lots of help. I hope you live the rest of your life all by yourself and die in that room. Wow. (laughs) Signed, Mom. Mom. Yeah, with a big big heart on it. Yeah, there you go. Well, that's
0: that's a pretty harsh...
1: Yeah. thing to say don't yeah. you think i mean it's uh it's one of several
0: yeah <laughs> so you're, you're ramping it up this week <laughs> oh yeah
1: that's good this is turning out to be quite a week Yeah,
0: well, then i guess uh, i guess you're really connecting yeah thank, uh, with people thank god it's friday uh let's see uh we uh, next week we'll have scott cohen we'll have some other things we'll uh, we'll do some stuff be very much like this week only with different days Yeah, and probably different emails. Yeah, (laughs) with a whole new group of people for you to piss off. Exactly. It's 857, a Rock 102.